We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve perrett joined as always by dusty evely sarah kelleher what is going on guys quarter of the season all the way done and the packers are three and one who's loving it who is loving it me, yeah. Also, also me, me, me too. All right, Sarah was first. So, Sarah, tell us how you doing, man. What's going on? How was your trip to Lambeau Field? I'm doing great. It was a ton of fun. Uh, stadium tour on Friday, Saturday went to the pro shop, ate at 1919 at Lambeau. Then, obviously, the game on Saturday. Got to tailgate at Corey's house. Got to meet up with Steve along the way too. Got to meet Maggie Boney. So. Overall, great weekend and, you know, wouldn't have changed a thing. It was truly awesome. And the game was super fun. A lot of just exciting things happening. Rogers rushing touchdown, Cobb getting back in the mix and and Stokes first interception and few sacks and fumbles. So it was a lot of fun all around. The weather held up. It kind of just misted for a little bit. Didn't really pour, um, which we were anticipating that it was going to. So that was a relief, but it was a ton of fun. I'm exhausted, but in the best way. Um, and it was really exciting. And I mean, Packers are three and one. And after that horrendous start in week one, it feels great to be here. Um, and excited to you know look into the next week against the Bengals after a nice win against the Steelers. So I'm, I'm doing awesome. And clearly, clearly the most important part of all of this after meeting Sarah's boyfriend is that the Packers covered the spread. Yes, he was very excited about that at the end of the game. Um, the Steelers couldn't score again. And <laughs> obviously Stokes got the interception at the end to seal the deal. But Bailey was very excited about that and left out of his seat just because, one, the Packers won, and then, two, um, he didn't lose his money. So he was excited about that. <laughs> Dusty, how you doing, man? 
I'm good. You know, tired. What else is new? But yeah, it's it's, it's awesome, man. Quarter point of the season, which is insane. I guess not technically quarter. We're used yeah. to saying quarter, but now there's 17 games. So it's like slightly less than quarter because they're screwing up all of our maths. Uh, but yeah, it's three a, and one. It's a quarter and a quarter. Quarter and a quarter. That's right. Uh, yeah, after after you know the disastrous start to be three and one right now and and looking good. I mean, even this past weekend they weren't always firing on all cylinders, and there's obviously problems with the Steelers, but that was a relatively like boring, easy looking win. <laughs> and that's with given how the season started, I'll take a boring, easy looking win. So yeah, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Can't wait for this weekend. Did you have any takeaways from the game? Um, things you wanted to talk about, things you saw, you liked? I mean, we know you write a bajillion articles. So is there anything that you <laughs> saw out of there that you, that you were a big fan of, or, you know, thought was a big thing to talk about? Uh, they had, I mean, one of my, I'm a, I'm a sucker, man. I'm a sucker for like really inventive stuff by the, by, down by the goal line. And the Packers have had a couple really, really nice ones over the years with Devonte and, and Randall Cobb. And they had another really nice one. It was Cobb's second touchdown. Um, so I'm writing about that for Cheesehead. But that was that was one of my favorite variations I've seen down at the goal line. Kind of a, a kind of something you've seen a follow slant with just a little bit of a twist on it. That was amazing. So that was really fun. Um, and I love to end up being incomplete. But they were really setting up like the way they used AJ Dillon was amazing, especially at the end of the game. They're just they're ramming the ball. They're they're picking up five to seven yards a pop. At one point, they ran the same exact formation out like five times in a row, like a heavy, heavy set and just pounding AJ Dillon into the line. And then you get that like the boundary defender has a key on that. And that's when I threw that Bob to Tunyon, the, the, the bomb to Tunyon. And that, you know, Rogers missed him. That could have been a touchdown that could have really had them win big. But stuff like that, you can see them now like getting a feel for Dylan, for some of the personnel they have and really starting to build some of the stuff on that in game to see what they can do. That's really exciting. And just, you know, in week four, I'm excited to see with Dylan, we've really only seen him in the Tennessee game last year. And so he had, a, you know, quite a few touches. I think him and Aaron Jones, Matt's touches this past, uh, this past week, I think the same number. And I think he got a good idea of what Dylan can do. Uh, so it was, uh, I don't know, just, just seeing what that's going to be going forward. I think is going to be really, really exciting. Cause we've been talking about that since the beginning of last year. <laughs> Yeah, I think my big takeaway is it was a good win. I, I mean, I love the fact that the that the Packers aren't firing on all cylinders. We've we've talked to this. You you don't want them to peak too early, obviously, as an offense. Um, and so the fact that they're still figuring things out and working out how this offense is going to work this year that's a that's a big thing. Special teams scares the living crap out of me. Still, the Packers are still ranked thirty second. They give up a big kickoff return. Um, you know, the blocked extra point. Or the blocked kick, the block extra, the blocked field goal, and I mean, you can tell me that Joe Hayden was offsides. I don't know if I fully believe that. I really don't. So I mean, that's like game changing. And you look at I think the the week before in the Forty ers game that Mason Crosby kicked. Like it's something on I believe. So that should be the right side of the the line that they're that's got to get fixed. Like that's going to, that's going to cost a Packers a game at some point if they don't figure that out. So really, really think that was a big takeaway for me, but um, you know, you beat a bad team in the Steelers and at home and that's what you're supposed to do. So it's a good thing that the Packers were able to do that, get to three and one and uh, let's move on to our prop bet for the week. We had the over under of Aaron Rodgers thrown for 274.5 yards and he hit the under. So Dusty and I were the ones that 
correctly guessed. So that means I have moved into the lead at three and one. Sarah is now down to two and two. And Dusty is finally in the win column. One and three, buddy. One and three. Watch your backs. Watch your backs. We will have another prop bet that will come up here in uh, our coverage of the Packers offense versus the Bengals defense. But um, let's let's kind of jump into some news notes, things that happened this week. Most importantly, let's start with the injuries that all happened to the Packers during this game. Nothing more important than Jair Alexander. So um, clearly it sucks. The Packers, it looks like the Packers are getting multiple opinions on him. Um, Sarah, what uh, you, you saw a couple of tweets come out. What did you what did you see that was coming out today? Yeah, so basically what I saw was that the Packers are looking for multiple opinions about Jair Alexander's injury. Um, AC joint injury is what they classified it as. Um, And apparently in some situations you can play through that with a special brace. In other situations, someone would recommend surgery. Um, Another option is to just take some time off and obviously go through you know, physical therapy with an athletic trainer and the medical staff for the Packers. So it seems like there are a few different routes that they could take. Um, And Matt LaFleur yesterday said that they're exploring all of their options. Um, But, you know, the Packers historically have been very conservative when it comes to injuries in general. Uh, We've seen it in the past with Devontae Adams, maybe, you know, waiting an extra game and sitting out an extra game just to make sure that an injury is fully healed, even when the players feel like they're ready to go. Um, and when you have a guy like Jair Alexander, you know, I think they're going to be very, very careful with him. Obviously, they'd love to have him out there, but if they think that they can beat the Bengals this weekend, I don't see them rushing him back out on the field and risking any more injury um, or, you know, something that could be even more serious. So, um, you know, if I had to guess, I we wouldn't see him on the field this weekend and maybe next, maybe it's two to three weeks. Wouldn't be surprised if the Packers put him on short-term IR like they just did with MVS. Um, if they feel like they can win the games without him, um, obviously that's a challenge because he's such a playmaker on defense. But we, this is the Packers, and you know, they like to stick to the way that they typically do things in the past. And I would be shocked if he played this weekend um, and maybe, you know, in the next two to three weeks in general. So I think he'll definitely miss some time and hopefully Packers will have him back for that middle stretch in the season too. So if they did put him on temporary IR, that would be Bengals, Bears, Washington football team. So, I mean, there's there's definitely a number one for all of those guys, like all those teams, like you've got – You've got Jamar Chase, who's been doing some good stuff. You've got Allen Robinson. You've got uh, Terry McLaurin for Washington. Like, it, it's a tall order for Stokes for sure. But I mean, they seem to really trust him. So if if they really think that he can be the guy, they'll throw Kevin King back in there if he's healthy and and go. But Dusty, what are you feeling about the Jair uh, injury? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. And that's at the time when that happened. It was hard to tell. I mean, he he hit hard, man. Like you could tell. Like he hit, he led with his shoulder, he hit hard. And I couldn't tell what happened at first, the way he was holding. I thought he had broken his wrist because it looked like he was kind of holding his wrist and he just he just hit so hard. I thought maybe he landed weird and 
I don't know much about that AC joint. So, you know, like, like Sarah said, they're testing some of that stuff out. Um, you know, I, the, and exactly like Sarah said, I do, I think they're going to be, uh, conservative with them as they always are. And I mean, it is, this is a stretch. I mean, Steve, they do have, you know, there's number one receivers. I mean, the Bengals have a good offense all the way around, you know, the Boyd is doing some really good stuff as well. Um, uh, yeah, it, there's, there's weapons on the teams, but at the same time, if this is a three game stretch for Jair to miss, and if he can come back after that, you like, I feel like they could go two and one without Jair versus the Bengals bears, washing football team. Maybe they go three, and zero. like the Bengals are the team that scares me the most, just based on the weapons and based on the offense they have and all that, just missing Jair. And that's this coming weekend. I think they can make it through that stretch because if they don't, or if they push it, they put him out there a little too early and he aggravates it. He misses more. That Cardinals, Chiefs, Seahawks, Vikings, Rams stretch is a is a murderer's row, man. So much rather have them play it safe now, and you know hope you can get through. You know through maybe Kevin King is back and Stokes, and you can get creative with maybe Savage or something. Like there's ways you can go with this, but I do think they're going to play it safe just because I don't know. It's Jair Alexander, man. I know it's an all in season, um, but they're hoping this is a guy that's around for a really, really, really long time. And to put his health at risk, uh, not only, you know, not only puts this season in jeopardy, but, you know, he might not resign if he feels like this is not the organization for him as well. So I think they're going to I think they're going to play it safe. I'd love to see him out there and I hope he can make it out there. But my my gut feeling is the next time we see him at the earliest would be um, the Cardinals. But I also don't know anything about AC joint injury. So what do I know? Clearly not a lot. Correct. So guys, there's there's some news. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a new inside linebacker on the market. Yes, uh, Jalen Smith, former I believe third was it third or second round pick from the Dallas Cowboys. Second, I think. I'd have to look it up. I think it was second. Could have been second. I, I thought he, he may have been projected for third round after his uh, after his knee injury second, was second round. 34th selection, third, second round, yeah. Was projected to be like a top 10 until he got injured in uh, like one of the college football championship games. And all of a sudden, Cowboys have decided that he was expendable. Um, So they tried to trade him from what uh, all reports have said. And all all of a sudden, it looks like uh, tomorrow, today, when you guys are listening to this, it should be official that he is released and most likely hitting the waiver wire. So... Guys, I know you, you. I know everybody wants to hear from me as to what should happen <laughs> with Jalen Smith, but let's let's start with you guys for a change. Let's start with you because, I mean, everybody knows what the hell I'm going to say. We all know what's going to say what I'm going to say. So, Sarah, yes, no, Jalen Smith. Should they put a waiver claim in? Should they not? What What do you think the Packers are going to do? Now, okay, let's do this. Not what should they do. What do you believe the Packers will do? Oh, that's hard. Now I have to change the way I was going to answer the question. (laughs) Um, I don't think the Packers get him. As much as I'd like to see it happen, I just don't see them being aggressive enough to make it happen. I'd love to see them at least try, but I don't think the results will fall in their favor um, you know, I've, we've seen people already chatting about this on Twitter. Is this the right move? Or should they do it? You know, we've Smith has been, you know, up and down, but I think he'd still be better than some of the other linebackers <laughs> the Packers currently have on their roster. So it's absolutely worth 
trying? Will it happen? I don't think so. I'm sorry. You're telling me the Packers aren't set at inside linebacker? Is that what you're saying? I am shocked. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm I'm in the same boat. I'd like them to do it. I mean, I'm looking at the inside linebackers now, which, you know, I know these guys. We'll name them off. Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, Devondre Campbell, um, Oren Burks, Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie. Like, that's not a murderer's row. Like, if it was, I think they should go for him just because, he, I mean, he's the kind of, he's we've seen him do good things. Uh, we know he has it in him to do it. Uh, the Packers have a good coaching staff, specifically with linebackers. This is not like this is not Oren Burks. This is not a guy that you were like you drafted and you knew he was a project and you hoped you could put it together and learn the position. This is not that. This is a guy who has played linebacker at a high level uh, at the college and pro level. Uh, so I mean, I think he could come in. I I think it's a guy you should take a swing on. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they will. I think you know, just seeing what they've done with Devondre Campbell, I do think that you know, taking a swing on a guy like Jalen Smith, you you bet on that upside, you bet on your coaching staff. Uh, but I personally, yeah, I don't, I don't, unless there's a major injury, which knock on wood, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But unless there's an injury to that group, I I don't think it's something they're looking to pursue. Although it's probably going to be one of those things down the line, you know, but either he, he doesn't make it through waivers or he does make it through waivers. Another team gets him, and the Packers are like, we were talking to him too. I'm sure at some point <laughs> we're going to hear the Packers are like in conversations to do this, but I, it seems like probably something that will not happen, but I'd be happy if it did. They better freaking put in a waiver claim. I am going to be <laughs> unbelievably pissed if they do not put in a waiver claim for him. Look, I fully, I, I fully expect that he will not get to the Packers on a waiver claim, um, and you can you can talk to me, you can show me plays on Twitter, you can show me a one or two, three, four plays about about uh, you know things he screwed up in coverage or, or you know, on run plays and things like that. Dusty, you have the 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 grades from PFF, right? About yeah. how he he wasn't great. He's not great in the run, but what? How has he done in the pass? Yeah, and look okay, at PFF grades. So you know, grain of salt, all of that. I don't take him as gospel, but as a general rule, they they tend to give a pretty good view of kind of how someone did. And so, if you're not familiar, they're out of a hundred. Uh, yeah, in coverage, eighty two point two. Tackling, eighty four point three. Uh, defense overall. 69.5 and you know he takes a hit because he was 37.4 in run defense but sure i mean the numbers back up kind of what you think he's going to be not a good run defender tremendous in coverage and a solid tackler like that's that's what he's shown in his four games with the cowboys so far this year and throughout his career really and for anybody who's telling me that the packers should not do anything and i know andy herman said like he's been awful blah 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 like i'm sorry have you seen the rest of the packers inside linebackers Chris Barnes cannot stay on the field to save his life. I love him when he's on the field, but he's barely on the field. Uh, who were the other people you met? Ty, Ty Summers? Ty, the Ty clips Summers, from Ty Summers from this past week were brutal, man. Just If you watch what Ty Summers did this past week, you can't tell me Jalen Smith is worse than Ty Summers. <laughs> I'm just... It's one of those things that I, I just it, it blows my mind that people they'll they'll go out of the way their way to figure out why somebody's bad, but they won't look at the good things. And if you're telling me that Joe Barry and Mike Smith cannot coach this dude up, a top ten talent who has produced, like don't get me wrong, like maybe he hasn't been the best this year, but he has been pretty good in the NFL. Like previously, like we've the Packers have played the the Cowboys and we've watched him and you've seen how quick he is. They lack, like, I love to, I love Campbell. Like, he is a really good inside linebacker. He's doing great for the Packers. Jalen Smith's different. 
he has that sideline to sideline speed. He has those things that no inside linebacker on the Packers has. He has those physical traits. So if you're telling me that you can pick him up off the waiver wire and, and you don't, if you do that, you don't guarantee that you have to play him, but you can have some two great linebacking coaches coach him up and see what they can do with him. Yeah. You have to take that chance. Like, 100 times out of 100 times. So if, if Jalen Smith is even just the guy we've seen so this far, so far this year in Dallas, Jalen Smith and Devondre Campbell on the field at the same time is the best linebacking duo the Packers have had ever since <laughs> like the late sixties. Maybe Nitschke I guess. Says <laughs> mm, 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 mm. I told myself I wasn't going to get worked up about it. And I, I obviously got, <laughs> we all knew yeah, we, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. All right, Sarah, um, tell me about the Pat McAfee show. Tell me about Adam Schefter and, uh, and everything that went down this, uh, this Tuesday with the boys. It's another great Pat McAfee show this Tuesday. First, one, first, the thing from the show was Roger straight up said he feels great about the team and he feels really good about where they're at, especially with injuries, um, you know, with David Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Jarier, Z, so – he feels really great about the team. So if Aaron Rodgers feels good about the Packers, hey, you should probably feel good about the Packers too. Um, <laughs> AJ Hawk asked a great question about Rodgers and Tomlin flirting on the sideline. I thought that was a great way to ask the question. Oh, though that interchange was awesome on TV. It was yeah. a tremendous moment. Oh, so great. And basically just asked, you know, what happened there? Were you laughing? And we saw the exchange on TV and everybody loved it. And Rogers just said, you know, he likes Tomlin a lot. He's only heard great things about him. Doesn't mean, you know, he's leaving Packers to go play for the Steelers, like everybody was saying on Twitter. But he just has a lot of respect um, for him and loves kind of the way that he leads, which he talked about on last week's show as well. Pittsburgh dad, who Rogers also mentioned that he loved the week prior, sent in a special message to Aaron Rodgers as well. So definitely check that out um, if you want to see it. It was it was a little interesting. Um, Pat also voiced Dusty's same misery that he expressed in the game recap that he covered for me this past weekend about the Jets Titans game and how everyone was forced to watch that. Um, so he asked Aaron Rodgers, you know, what happened? Did you, did they give you word on the sideline that nobody could watch the game? So you guys waited to score until everybody could watch the game. What was happening? You know, and he just said, you know, no, there was, you know, miscommunication on third down, which led to that sack on our first drive, but it was fine. And AJ Hawk asked, well, who is, who is there a miscommunication between you, LaFleur, Gudikins, Murphy, you know, joking about it. So they kind of had a good laugh about that. Uh, Rogers also talked a little bit about Cobb and how it was nice to get Randall Cobb back in the mix. He said he, he's been practicing well and he's healthy right now. And they knew that with MBS out that somebody was going to have to step up. And it seemed like Cobb was the one that answered the call. Um, he mentioned, which, you know, if you watch the game, it was very easy to kind of pinpoint this, that Pittsburgh's plan was never to leave Devontae Adams one-on-one. And when they did a couple of times, Rogers and Adams connected but that left the Packers, you know, with some different options. And Randall Cobb was the one that, you know, Roger said clicked on Sunday. Um, a funny segment that they talked about was the tripping uh, scandal that occurred. And did Rogers trip over what? Did he trip over his own feet? 
Um, he said at first he trips, he falls down. He totally feels like he got tripped. And then he sees the officials pick up the flag. He's like, am I getting so old that I just tripped over my own feet? Have I reached this point in my career where I'm just falling down and tripping over myself? This is horrible. And he said it was a really hard couple of seconds to turn around and walk back to the huddle and collect myself and realize that this is my reality now. And they hadn't showed the replay. And he was really nervous and sad. And he, he said it didn't feel good. And then he saw the replay and heard all the boos and just was so thankful that <laughs> he didn't trip over his own feet and was very relieved. So that was another good little segment there. Um, and speaking of being old, Rodgers was talking about that after his rushing touchdown, that Cobb had basically pointed, go do the leap, go do the leap. And Rodgers was like, nope, that's too high. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm getting older. I can't jump over there. And he <laughs> and Pat mentioned Adam Schefter's attempt to the Lambeau leap. And basically Rodgers just absolutely roasted Adam Schefter said he was old and unathletic. I don't even remember all the names he called him because it was a lot. So he got the last word in the off-season saga with Schefter. I would definitely look it up um, and experience it in its full glory because it was absolutely hilarious. Um, But other than that, um, they did talk a little bit about in their own way about the Urban Meyer saga and what's happening there. And Pat asked a really great question, you know, what's the difference? How, you know, in speak, if you're a coach, how do you talk to a college team versus an NFL team? And I thought Aaron Rodgers gave an absolutely fantastic answer about this and said, in college, you call your coaches coach, but in the NFL, you call them by their name. You know, he said, it's Matt, it's Nathaniel. I'm never calling them coach. And he explained that in college, there should be this kind of healthy fear between you and your college coach that, hey, you know, I have to perform. I have to earn this person's respect because if I don't start and maybe I'm a third string versus a first string guy, that could affect if I'm drafted and that could affect, you know, my future and play my odds of playing professionally. When you make the transition to the NFL, you're both there. You're you are a professional. The coaching staff are professional. And you're both getting paid to be there, so there's a mutual respect. And he explained that you can't expect professionals, you can't kind of instill that little bit of fear in them that, you know, I control the outcomes because in reality, the players are probably going to last longer and they have, you know, a lot of sit, a lot more say than they do in college. So that was an interesting answer. And finally, to close it off, the fifth book in the Aaron Rodgers book club is The Four Agreements by Dan or Don, excuse me, Miguel Ruiz. And apparently it's another kind of more spiritual book about life and life's journey. So definitely check that one out. And at the very end of the Zoom call, he leaned forward with the guitar and tricked Pat McAfee into almost playing guitar again before hanging up. So we'll see. Hopefully that leads up to a performance by the end of the season.
Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I did want to ask you, uh, so Sarah, you were live, so I do want to, uh, want to peg a dusty for this one, but what did you think of the non-tripping call? Because I know people on Twitter were freaking out about it. I I honestly felt it was a good non-call just because if you're not if they didn't have the opportunity to review the whole thing and watch like six different angles of it, like you watched four or five of them, you're like, okay, that didn't look like a trip, didn't look like a trip, until you saw the one definitive one where he like kicks his leg out. What did you think? thought it was i i personally was like a i i'm i think i'm with you i was fine that it was a no call like they could have called that uh they could have called it by the time it was i he was coming through there's so much traffic man like he was coming through i thought he got tripped up inadvertently um which you could still kind of almost make an argument that maybe he kind of was uh but yeah i mean i think it's they certainly could have called it but i think with with how that looked with him coming through the line. Like, it's really hard to see that there was like five guys right around him. I I'm, I'm fine with the no call. I, I was not up in arms over that. It was like, Oh, okay. Well that looked like that was probably tripping, but that's also really hard to catch. So I was, I was kind of fine with it. That's yeah. I, and then I, I just kind of was, I was trying to, to compose a tweet about, you know, everybody should calm the F down because, Oh, we got called for tripping last week. We should, this should be called for tripping this week because blah. 
it was an unbelievably difficult thing to call and for referees to see him just kind of stick his foot out at the last second. Like that was a really, really, really difficult thing. And they didn't go to review on it and catch the video. Like, no, that was a, you know, that like, if you can't review it, that was the right call. So uh, I, I'm glad that I'm not the only one because people were losing their damn minds on uh, on Twitter about that one. So guys, let's do it. Packers offense versus the Cincinnati Bengals defense. And we're going to look at one thing that we are looking at for each of us uh, for the game. So we have the three and one Packers at the three and one Bengals. And the one thing that I'm going to be looking for is the continual evolution of the Green Bay Packers offensive line. David Bakhtiari still won't be back. Doubtful that uh, Elton Jenkins is going to be back. And so we're going to continue to see what we've got out of, out of Yash Nijman, who's been really, really good. Um, but the the Bengals' defense has been pretty decent, man. Like, they're, they've got off to a winning record. Um, way, way more surprising than a lot of people thought. And I, I, I just really want to see this team continually continue to grow because – if David Bakhtiari comes back, if Elton Jenkins come back and they're both healthy in a couple of weeks and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is going to have a lot more time than he does right now, that's going to give those a little bit more for those developing plays, those double moves, all this stuff. MVS is back from the IR, man, like this is this office will be clicking. So I really want to see these guys continually continue to improve, but I mean, this is just going to speak to the depth of the Packers' offensive line going to the future. So that's what I'm going to be watching. Sarah, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to be watching a lot of that too. And something specifically that I'm really going to watch for this game is the ongoing battle, like you said, Steve, in the trenches and what's going to happen there. Um, Another thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that is just the – execution specifically from Aaron Rodgers on offense. So, you know, looking at some stats, um, according to FTN Fantasy, the Packers are the percent, 14% of the time that they drop back uh, or that Aaron Rodgers drops back in the pocket, he is being pressured. So that's really important to think about that. Okay, what is he going to do? How is he going to react? Is he going to hit somebody quick? Is he going to dance out of the pocket? Is, you know, is he going to take the sack? We've seen him get sacked a few times the last week, couple of weeks, but you know nothing major has happened. They've been able to fight through it, um, so it's really going to be execution. Yes, on the offensive line and in the trenches, but also from Aaron Rodgers. We've seen that Logan Wilson, who's a second-year linebacker for um, the Bengals, has had a really good year already. He leads the team, oddly enough, and or leads the league, excuse me, oddly enough, in interceptions with three. He's got. 40 tackles already. So he's obviously going to give Aaron Rodgers some problems. And I think, you know, when you have a player like that, who's kind of trending in the upward direction, you really have to focus and make sure that you're sharp. So two kind of two things I'm looking for this week. One, you know, that just like you, Steve, the battle in the trenches and that offensive line and how they continue to evolve. But that also ties directly into protecting Aaron Rodgers and then his execution as well. We saw a couple times that some of his passes were a little off, you know, it's Tunyon and, few other guys but let's tighten that up you know they've been able to do some really great things regardless on offense which is awesome but would love to see Rodgers kind of tighten things up there and also be well protected um in doing that 
Yeah, and for me, I'm kind of looking at how they how the Packers are going to use maybe some some of their offensive personnel packages to kind of dictate um, kind of what the Bengals do or find some easy mismatches that way. I mean, Sarah mentioned Logan Wilson, who you know who's been playing well. He's got the three picks now, two off of Roethlisberger, and at least one of those like he just happened to be in a spot that Roethlisberger should not have thrown the ball, and it just kind of came to him, and it was like a oh look what I found kind of interception. So not to take anything away from him, but you know. Not not necessarily a ball hawk, but he's been playing well. Uh, but then besides him, they've got, you know, Jermaine Pratt and then Akeem Davis Gaither. So they don't necessarily have a murderer's row at inside linebacker there. You know, it, again, Wilson's playing well and the other guys just kind of dudes. And what the Bengals like to do, they, they typically like to match uh, – they match their their personnel groupings to what's on offense, and so with uh, with maybe some expanded use of pony, which you know I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know that I've seen them yet uh, this week, but I feel like the Packers rolled a little more with that Dylan Jones package than they had in previous weeks. The Bengals like to match that. So if you've got two running backs on the field, they're going to have two linebackers on the field covering those two uh, two running backs. And if you split those guys out, we know Aaron Jones can do it. We had, you know, Aaron Jones had a couple really nice gains on, uh, I think, second down, second down, third down on a couple of those in breakers, basically, like there was just no one in the field. They can split how and do that. They split uh, Dylan out wide a couple of times as well. And so if the Packers can roll that pony package out a little bit more, get those linebackers on the field and split those running backs out and exploit those mismatches, I mean that they could they could do a lot of really good things there. So I'm really looking forward to. I mean that pony package is something we've been talking about for a while. And with Dylan getting on track a little bit uh, this past week, I'm hoping we see expanded role of that, and then just see what they see how they dictate who Cincinnati brings on the field, and uh, and just just kind of roll with that. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. So guys, we need a prop bed for this week. Uh, we we kind of struggled figuring out uh, what it would be because I clearly grab the wrong stats about rushing yardage for the Bengals. So uh, we ended up with Dusty coming up with a good one. So the uh, Cincinnati Bengals have forced four turnovers in four games. And as you said, I believe it's uh, they did not have one in the last game. So it was three turnovers and or four turnovers in three games that they've forced. Um, And then the green Bay Packers have given the ball away four times in four games. So, both teams averaging one per game. So we uh prop bet. Very simple. Will the Green Bay Packers offense commit a turn uh commit a turnover for this game? Sarah, we're starting with you. I'm gonna say yes. I think you know there's gonna be something that happens, whether it's a fumble, interception. Bengals are playing well on defense, and like I was just talking about. There's been a couple mishaps on offense recently. Nothing absolutely major, but I think there is at least a turnover for the Packers. So I'm I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go no. I'm I'm feeling good about it. I think you know, and they had I think they had a turnover this past week. I was that fumble, and you don't see those a whole lot. But I think I think without MVS, I, I imagine we're going to see a little bit more of some of that conservative game plan with more calculated shots as opposed to just kind of a more wide open game that we've seen. So I think they're going to be a little more conservative in their offensive approach. Just you know, move the ball down the field. I think they had two drives this past week of 13 plays, another one of 12. But they're just just hitting the short stuff, man. The running game's getting on track. Uh, those guys tend to hold on to the ball. Get to the short stuff. Rogers is pretty safe with those short throws. So I have a, I wouldn't be shocked if they turn the ball over, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go, no, I don't think they're going to. It's a struggle for me. I don't know. I mean, obviously, clearly can't predict the future, but I think I'm more on Sarah's, Sarah's end of things where I think 
one turnover does make sense. I think with the fact that MVS isn't there, people are playing outside of the roles that they normally would play. And, you know, Aaron Jones giving the cough and the ball up. AJ Dillon has done it before. Like, I, I really feel like it's not going to be the cleanest game in the world. They're going to Cincinnati and yeah, there, there, there's a potential for a mistake. So doesn't mean that costs them the game, but I definitely feel like there's going to be at least one mistake where Rogers it's either running back coughs a ball up. Rogers isn't on the same page as one of the receivers that, you know, if the guys are healthy and he's got MVS, like that's, I kind of feel like there's just, there's, there's going to be a mistake made. So I think that's kind of where I'm sitting. So, um, so yeah. So Sarah and I are on the same page. Dusty's going to be losing clearly. And uh, what else is new? What else is new? But the Packers will still be on the winning end. So, guys, let's uh, let's jump to some Twitter questions. We got some good ones. Um, so I want to um, honestly, I think I really want to start with Maggie Loney's question because. <laughs> It was it. It's probably one of the best questions we've ever gotten, and um, I don't like honestly. I don't know. We could scroll through every every other one, but I w- this needs to be the one we start with. So Maggie replied to Sarah, Dusty, and I. Your life is on the line. You either need Steve to successfully intercept a pass from Rogers covering Lazard. Or Dusty to sack Rogers lined up against Billy Turner. Who do you pick? So this this was, I believe, geared much towards Sarah. So we're just gonna let Sarah take this one and see where she goes with it. I'm gonna take Steve. Um, <laughs> solely because there are more factors, more outside factors that can influence an interception. So the ball could get tipped, it could bounce off somebody's helmet, it could, there are so many things that could happen. You know, Aaron Rodgers could overthrow it by accident, Steve could run one way, that's totally wrong, and it's so wrong since he's not a football player that it totally confuses Aaron Rodgers and everybody's thrown off and he just throws the ball right to him. So there are more outside factors that I think could support Steve in his endeavor to try to intercept Aaron Rodgers on Alan Lazard. With Dusty and Turner, that is a grown-ass man that you basically have to shove down either on the ground or out of the way or somehow make your way around. Um, And that just seems really hard. And there aren't a lot of things, unless Turner essentially trips and accidentally falls over, that would allow, that would help Dusty win that battle. Then there's also the fact that if Dusty gets by Turner, there are other linemen that could pop up or a running back that's blocking as well that could also come as a second line. No one's one's chipping me, Sarah. No one's helping on my rush. There's no one. It's just me. No one's helping with that. So, I don't know. But anyways, I'm going to go with Steve. Um, What do you guys think? I know it's kind of hard because it's about you, but I feel like there are some solid answers you could give here. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it this way. Okay, so Dr. Strange saw 14,605 possible futures for the end of Thanos. And, and in one of those, in one of those, they win. And one of those 14,605 futures, Steve gets an interception. 
in every single one of those futures, I get put, I'm in the ground by Billy Turner. There's no way I beat Billy Turner. Like maybe I, maybe I crawl between his legs like a baby and he gets confused and he lets me because he feels bad for me. He doesn't know what to do. Like, is it blocking in the back? I don't know, but no, like not a single one of those futures. Do I beat Billy Turner? But in one of those, something happens and Steve gets an interception. So I'm, I'm, I hate to I hate to say it, man, but yeah, I'm I'm Team Steve uh, in this scenario. Yeah, I think we're all on board. I mean, no matter what, both of us are going to lose. Like we we would both be punished. But like Alan Lazard isn't the fastest man in the world, and he would burn me left and right. Like that is not a joke. Like it would take him burning me, Aaron Rodgers throwing a ball off and hitting. Alan Lazard in the back of the helmet and it bounces back to me. And then there's still no guarantee that I would catch it. Absolutely no guarantee that I would <laughs> yeah, catch actually, it. It was like, true. oh my God, the ball's there. And then I would drop it. And that would, <laughs> that would be like the one time that it would work. So, so yeah, that, but out of those two given opportunities, like <laughs> that's the one that would actually, yeah, like one out of a million happen. So, uh, but I would absolutely love to pick off Aaron Rodgers because I would talk about that until I die. That would be that would be a, that would be a really 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 cool thing to for me to happen. So, um, all right. So let's jump into a couple of questions here. Dusty, I'm going to start with you because we've got a good another good question from our uh, our buddy good uh, Cole Pope, and he sent this one to you. And then I got uppity and snippety with him because I was a little offended that it wasn't involving all of us. And uh, so tell me, Aaron Rodgers has told everybody that his hair is involved in his Halloween costume. Uh, Apparently, uh, Cole did not trust Sarah and I to give an opinion (laughs) on what his Halloween costume would be. But I berated him enough to say that he he did want our opinion. So we will start with you, the uh, the the Halloween expert. But mm. what do you think Aaron Rodgers' Halloween costume will be now that we know that his hair is part of it? So I was trying to I was trying to think of something like you know spooky to begin with, and like I, there's not a whole lot of long haired slashers, you know, like I don't know the the Michael Myers and Rob Zombie's Halloween, but no one's being. Michael Myers and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Like that's, that's not a thing. So I was trying to go with something a little more kind of current, you know, pop culture. Cause you know, the man likes his TV. I don't watch the office. So I don't know who has long hair. So I, I eventually just ended up going with the, uh, with Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso. He's got, he's got the long hair. He's enthusiastic about life. I feel like he has a top knot every now and then. So I just, I feel like that's, that's the kind of show I think Aaron Rodgers watches. And so I think he could, he could probably go that route. Like there's, you know, Roy Kent doesn't have long hair, so he's not going to be, I, I would like to see Aaron Rodgers Roy Kent, but like that's, it's not going to work. So I'm, my, my, my thought was Danny Rojas. So I have two answers. My first, and this is, I'm going off the fact that on the Pat McAfee show last week, Rogers said He's dressing up as one of his idols for Halloween. So the first one I'm going with is Scott Stapp from Creed. Rogers has a good answer. totally, totally talked about how he absolutely loves Creed. There's all of those jokes with him and Bakhtiari about Creed. They talked about it all year on the Pat McAfee show last season. So that's my number one guess. My number two guess is actually that he's going to be David Bakhtiari for Halloween. 
That could also be something that they do. He's growing out the long hair and I could see it happening. You know, he's saying he's one of my idols and we know that they have kind of a good banter in their friendship. Bakhtiari gifted Rogers the golf cart at the beginning of the season. Maybe this is how he honors that gift. So who knows? Those are my two guesses. I feel pretty good about both of them. Okay. I, I do. I do like it. I think uh, I'm going to go with the dude from the Big Lebowski. I think that's uh, that's the that's the pick. Knowing that he already owns the exact sweater that he is wearing uh, with the white T-shirt, you know, I could see him like strolling in with a chocolate milk in a in a tumbler glass and the shades and the sweater and the white shirt and the and the shorts. Like that's that would be a, like iconic Rogers like that would be perfect for him so I think that could be that could be it um but I honestly I do I do love all of the answers I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and it'll be fascinating to see if he actually cuts it like right after Halloween so <laughs> that that that'll be really interesting uh, we got a question from uh, John Kramer hey guys love the show can uh, Yadman step up with with Jair out, uh, will the Packers call up Ento from the practice squad? What is your go-to at a seafood restaurant? That is a, I think that could be a first. We, we don't really get a lot of seafood questions, but um, Dusty, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think is going to be happening with the cornerback room? Since we don't really know. We, we don't know much right now. We don't know if uh, Jair is going to be put on a, a short-term IR Long-term IR, we don't we don't really know. So, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, Ento's a maybe. I mean, I have the feeling they're gonna they're gonna kind of go with who they have. We don't know what Jair is going to do. You know, Sullivan's slot. I think you know, uh, Shamal John Charles has seen a little more time as well. Yeah, Adam, I could see uh, he was. I believe he played this past week and, and looked decent uh, while he was out there a little bit. Like, so I don't I don't love that idea, but I, I also don't. I mean, I. Ento's on the practice squad for a reason. When we saw him, he has flashed, but I don't recall. I recall him looking not particularly great in preseason. Uh, I don't think he's, I think the guys they have on the 53, I trust more than the practice squad. So I think they're going to go with who they have. You know, Kevin King missed another game due to the concussion. We don't know. I still don't know what his, uh, what his deal is. He was on the sideline. Maybe he suits up this week. I know people have mixed feelings on Kevin King, but Kevin King is better than uh, Isaac Adam, I would say. So I would rather have Kevin King out there, but I think they're going to, they're going to roll with those guys. If King's healthy, Kevin King, uh, and then, yeah, maybe Adam on the other side, Sullivan, uh, probably John Charles a little bit in the slot as well. You're rolling, uh, Darnell Savage down a little bit. So I don't, I don't think, you know, Ento probably for depth, but if Ento gets called up, I, I don't, I don't see him starting. Um, I don't feel great about any of the things I just said, because that is not <laughs> a fun secondary, but I do think that's, that's probably the way they end up going. What about seafood, seafood restaurant? What do you order? Man, so years ago, before we had kids, like our last vacation before we had kids, I went out to Portland, Maine, um, which is just like one of my all-time favorite towns. And it was just, it was lobster rolls, man. It was lobster rolls all over the place. So I am a sucker for a good lobster roll. Like I don't like, not like lobster, like by itself, but just give me, give me a lobster roll. Like crabs, crabs too much work. Um, you know, I've got, it's got to be like in the right setting to do crab, but give me, give me a good lobster roll. And I'm, I'm just in absolute heaven, man. I was dying laughing. I like it. I just as soon as you said 
We went to Maine, and I was like, dude, lobster rolls. Like, that's yep. got to be the like, answer. Food trucks with lobster rolls oh, all over the place. So it was good. incredible. They're so good. So great. All right, Sarah, what about you? What's a cornerback room looking like, and where do you? what do you get from a seafood restaurant? I have to agree with Dusty. I, I know people are going to hate it, but if King is available and King is healthy, they're going to go with him. Um, and, you know, he, he started this season. There's a reason why. The Packers obviously have faith in him to do – something anything so they're gonna if he's available they'll go with him and it's really as simple as that i think dusty covered that very well um and my go-to see at a seafood restaurant um i really like haddock or um just like a simple mahi sandwich or something like that so not too complicated i'm not a huge salmon fan so i typically will go for one or the other two yeah, I don't really think I can add too much to the cornerback the conversation. It's it, it's just it's tough since we don't know exactly what's happening in Jair. That's that's a big deal. Like we can speculate all you want, but unfortunately, since we don't know if he's going to be on IR, or if they're going to throw him in a sling and play him, like we we honestly have we're we're throwing darts in the dark, and that's no fun for anybody. So we're not going to do that. And. Uh, as far as a seafood restaurant, man, oysters on the half shell. That's that's oh, my man. that's my that's my jam. Like if you get some good ones, get a little bit of lemon, get a little cocktail sauce, and mix them together. <whistles> ooh, that is my jam. Uh, when I went down to New Orleans, I had charbroiled ones, and holy god, that changed my life. So um, <laughs> that that's uh, that's my go to, especially. The only other thing I will say too is if you are at a seafood restaurant, they have and they have steaks available, and you can go Oscar style for a steak. That means you are getting a steak with crab meat on top and some um, Bernays sauce. Dude, do that. That's going to change your life. Like it's an extra ten bucks normally. Yeah, that needs that needs to happen because that's one of the best steaks you'll ever have in your life. So. Uh, Scottish Packers fan, who do you think is the most improved Packers player this season and which player has regressed the most? Food question, if you could go to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, what is the most insane candy you would make that you think would be would still taste amazing? So we'll preface this with a couple things. We actually have talked about the regression of Packers players we really couldn't come up with one. Um, we we struggled. We we went through offense. We went through defense, special teams, and there there really wasn't anybody that we really felt hit the regression mean of somebody who was really good and went back, or somebody who was really bad and is all of a sudden really good. So we're kind of in the middle on that one. And then uh, we also all agreed on Willy Wonka. So the man came up with some great, great candies. Like he had a potion that made you float. There's the everlasting gobstopper. I mean, there was the blueberry that made the little girl who was a pain in the ass turn into a huge blueberry. Like dude, he, he knows how to make candy. Like we don't need to create our own candies. Willy Wonka knew what he was doing. So we're going to leave him, leave him alone. But Guys, we're just going to go 
most improved Packers player this season so far. Dusty, we'll start with you. I'm going Rashawn Gary. And, and I mean, it was, it's improved. And it's funny because this was like, he's, he's the guy and his sack numbers haven't been there. Uh, but I think the, the, he's been, he's been every bit, I think as good as, as we all kind of hoped he would be in terms of pressure numbers. This was an insane stat from this past week. Uh, so pass rush win rate, rate, if you're not familiar is a, is a ESPN tracks it. It's basically how many pass rush snaps do you have? And then you look at how many times you, you know, pressured QB hit sack, blah, 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 blah. So the leader right now uh, in the NFL is TJ Watt, TJ Watt, 38% pass rush win, win rate. Really, really good. Where Sean Gary this past week was like 70.5. He was basically pressuring the quarterback every time he's there. He's, I mean, it's still, he's still, he still feels a little raw. Like he still has, you know, one or two moves, essentially. He, he could, he still has room to get better, but that kind of what we kept, I kept saying last year, a lot of people were saying last year, man, I think he's going to turn into that guy in year three. And if he starts, he's getting more snaps. He's got that raw strength. He's got the ability. He's really going to turn it on. I, and I think we're starting to see that. I think so far this year, and again, this, the, the pressures are there. The sacks have not been there, but he has been affecting the game pretty much every single game so far. So uh, that it was expected. So it's hard for me to say most improved because it was kind of like, this has to be the year, you know, he was the, what, the 12th overall pick a few years ago. This was the guy you hoped he was going to be, but to actually see him do it when he's not really done it to this point, uh, I think it's been, been amazing. So I'm going to go, there's a handful of ways to go with this one. I'm going Rayshon Gary. For me, I'm going with Preston Smith. I think, you know, he's kind of had ups and downs with the Packers over the last few years. And last year there were some glaring downs. Um, so it's been nice to see him get a little bit more involved the first few weeks. Um, and that's really, you know, it, it's as simple as that, but Gary is another great one too, Dusty. And I'm going to go with Yash Nijman. Um Man, if you told me that he was going to be playing left tackle for the Green Bay Packers and doing really well playing left tackle for the Green Bay Packers against Bosa. I mean, I I would have told you you're yeah, I would have told you you're being stupid because we have not it's all they they've talked about how he's going to do well. They've talked about how he's, you know, he's got the talent, he's got the athletic ability, but dude, he is he has performed way better as the third tackle than anybody ever expected so i'm gonna give him the nod because he is nobody expected that he would even play this year but for him to be the left tackle for two games most likely going into a third fourth game and uh and doing what he's done it's unbelievable unbelievable so matt pickett in terms of all of the packers inside linebackers ever who is devondre campbell just slightly better than, and who is he almost as good as? And then food, uh, how many bites does it take uh, for you to eat an Oreo if it varies? Why? So I'm just going to take the inside linebacker question because I know you guys trust me on this, but Matt, we love you. It's too early. It's too early to know what Devondre Campbell is. He's been playing amazing. You know me as an inside linebacker guy. I freaking love what he is doing. He is playing the run. He's playing the pass. It's great. It's four games. It's four games with the Packers. We need to see more before you can give that 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 big time judgment of of all time and what he is doing. So 
Uh, don't get me wrong. I want to give that. I want to give that example, but I'm just we're we're gonna stay a little patient. We're gonna wait until if he does it for a year, if he does it for longer, who knows? But we're we're gonna go from there. But guys, I'm very very fascinated because I don't think we've ever talked about how you eat an Oreo because we talked about how much we love Oreos. But Sarah, how do you eat an Oreo? I just usually have a few, dip them in some milk, call it a day. I mean, it's not super complicated. It's just eating a cookie. Well, but he's asking how many bites does it take? Like Tootsie Rolls, how many licks does it take to get the, you know, the Tootsie Rolls? I don't know, maybe three, two, three. I'll go with two or three. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just curious. Dusty, what about you? Do you if I'm, pound a whole cookie? Do you? If I'm grabbing from the package, I'll I'll just one bite, just eat it whole. If I'm doing milk, it's two bites. Dip, bite, dip, bite. That's that's yeah. it. I don't think I've ever done three in my entire life. Uh, and I am always of the practice of I try. I will do the twist, and I want the clean break. I always go for the clean break, and I want. Uh, it's normally two bites then. So it's whichever one has the, has more of the Oreo cream on it. That's the one that goes first. And then I normally try to like my, my favorite is just the pure Oreo cookie, not the actual cream on top of it. So that's where I go. Um, and then Eric Rose, apparently this is a very heavy inside linebacker episode. So he wants to know, uh, is Devondre Campbell an extension candidate for GM per hatch or just a one-year rental? And then assuming you saw the Sonic commercial about finishing your kids' foods, what's your favorite kid food to finish? So, again, I'm kind of like, I, I really like Devondre Campbell, but with the way that the Packers cap is next year, I am very skeptical that they're going to be able to bring him back. He's playing really well. If he continues to play well for a, for a whole year, I have a feeling that somebody's going to want to give him a bigger contract, something that the Packers aren't going to be able to afford. So I would love to have him back. He's been playing great, but honestly, I feel like he is the one-year lottery ticket that it, that paid off that they were hoping that uh, Christian Kirksey was going to be. and yeah, it's great, and maybe they'll pick up Jalen Smith, and he'll turn into a lottery ticket. Like it'll it'll be fascinating. But right now, I do believe that he's going to be a one year wonder for the Packers. What about you guys? Yeah, no, I'm I, listen. I'm, I'm don't like extending someone based on maybe you know a tremendous four game stretch. <laughs> like you said, <laughs> it's way too early to tell. Let's let's see what he becomes. He's been amazing. Let's see what happens. But yeah, four games. Um, four games for a lottery ticket. And then like, well, this is, we're going to lock him up for four years. No, that's how you become a poverty franchise. You, you're, yeah. you're not, I, I am definitely not in favor of that. Sarah. Yeah. The Packers have other players to focus on this, this next season, making sure that they're on the team. Um, and I think any available cap space that they have will be used um, on some of those players like Devontae Adams, you know, they're going to want to try to do everything they can to keep him if possible. 
There's the question mark that is Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay. So, you know, then you have you want to extend Jarrell Alexander too. So there are a lot of other players that I think are higher on the Packers priority list. Well, guys, uh, we want to say thank you so much because we got we got like a million questions this week on Twitter, and we're we're definitely not able to answer all of them, but. Thank you again for sending all of them in. Uh, make sure you're following us at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller 4, at Steve Perhatch, at Packadake Podcast. But, uh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna do us because we have been running for a long, long time. This is what? Normally we're supposed to be like 45 minutes and we're – Dusty, we're how long? Su- we're supposed to be 20, Steve. <laughs> supposed to be 20. That's right. <laughs> I recorded the initial uh, yeah, intro, so, yeah, I should know that. But this is this is way over overboard. So let's uh, let's finish it off, guys. Final thoughts, uh, Sarah. What do you got for us? Yeah, not nothing major. I'll have my. I'll be back with game recaps uh, this week on Sunday. So thank you again, Dusty, for covering that for mm-hmm. me. Really appreciated it and enjoyed it as well. So yeah. definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, but looking forward to getting back to that this weekend and hopefully seeing another Packers win. Yeah, and for me, I've got, you know, my normal stuff. So yesterday over on Packer Report, I wrote about uh, Devondre Campbell, who they should definitely sign to a 10-year extension. Uh, his pressure on kind of an earlier third down, it was the Stokes pass breakup, and it was the Packers were down 7 nothing. It was uh, where they had just pinned the Steelers inside their own five. And just that that kind of pressure look and and how they kind of got into that and how they still cover up the middle after that. Really nice, uh, really nice dialed-up pressure and, and a good job of Campbell to kind of get into Roethlisberger's face there to force an errant throw. Although let's be perfectly fair here. Roethlisberger was going to throw errantly anyway, because he's been Roethlisberger <laughs> like Devondre Campbell probably didn't factor into that at all, but uh, still was nice. So that's up at Packer report. Also at Packer report today. Um, I'm looking at two instances of the Packers all go concept. One of which does not feature a running back up the seam. So that was confusing. I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, a couple good looks there in terms of different ways they're able to run that. Uh, and, and kind of what they did with it, including the one I think LaFleur said he called thinking Aaron Jones was in the game, but A.J. Dillon was in the game, and he picked up 12 yards by tiptoeing up the sideline. Uh, so that was fun. So I'll take a look at that. And then at Cheesehead, uh, got, I think, six plays this week. I'm still writing it. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's six plays, and most of them are, are if you know me, most of them are Cobb-centric, including the play I talked about earlier uh, with that that goal line kind of variation between him and Devontae Adams that, that got me – just way too excited. So that'll be up today on Cheesehead TV. Um, we've got some other stuff going up on the Substack later this week, including that, I think that four to five play stretch that ended with a Tunyon uh, touchdown, just kind of seeing how they, how they kind of lull you with the exact same look and the exact same play and then just, and then catch you when you're napping. So that was, that's really fun. So that'll be up a little later this week as well, but yeah, it's a win. A lot of the stuff to write about fun week, man. All I have to say is that if you are a person that squeezes toothpaste from the bottom of the the toothpaste, you need to think about your life and change that. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We always love all the interactions. Um, keep keep it up. We will, uh, it doesn't have to be about Packers football. Uh, DMs are always open for us. So um, thank you for listening again at Dusty Evely at Sarah Keller 4, at Seeperetch, at Packaday Podcast. We will catch you next week after a Packers victory where they are 4-1. And, and as always, go Pack Go!